Amen. Amen. How many love Jesus this morning? Aren't you glad that we serve a God that finishes well? He does all things well. And the Bible says, amen, that he that begun a good work in you, he's going to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. God is working in you to do something amazing in you. Amen. And how many know he's doing it? Right? Amen. How many have ever been so hungry and your mom has just making something in the kitchen and you're starving and you smell that aroma? It just slaps you in the face and you're like, you go in the kitchen like 50 times. What? When's going to eat? I'm starving. I'm hungry. And, and what does your mom say? You just need to go out. It's not done yet. It will be finished when it's finished. How many have ever done that? And you just try to sneak a little piece of that meat there and, and run off and everything. Come back in. When's it going to be done? What's well, not done yet. It's going to be done. How many know that's the way the Lord is with your life? He's doing something amazing. And sometimes you just got to wait on it. Amen. Lord, I'm expecting great things. But, you know, God's just saying, you just need to go in the other room and worship and witness and live for me. I'm doing something in you that's going to be amazing. Amen. Anybody else? I love God for that. You can be seated today. I'm excited to be here and just to share with you today. And thank you so much for joining us, especially those online. Uh, we just welcome you. And we just hope that anything that we do or say today will bless you, encourage you, strengthen you, and just draw you a little bit closer to the Lord. That's what we're here to do today and encourage one another. And we're to strengthen one another. We're to build somebody else up. And it's always best to build somebody else up instead of yourself. The Bible teaches us. And... Uh, we're so happy that you made it today, and, uh, but it's good. And so I, I know, no matter whether this virus is from the devil, whether it's from God, whether it's a man, whether it's just a life circumstance, no weapon formed against us is going to prosper. Amen. And everything that we go through, amen, God can turn it around for His glory. Amen. That what the enemy has meant for evil, God turns it around for good. That all things work together for the good of those that love God and are called according to His purpose. How many love God? Let me see your hand. How many are called by God according to His purpose? Yes, we are. And so the Bible says that all things work together for the good. Can you turn with me to John chapter 6? Amen. Or click on your device to John chapter 6. I'm going to read just a few verses. Ask you to be patient. Starting in verse 53. I just want to talk to you just for a few moments on searching for a sign. Searching for a sign. In John chapter 6, we're coming right in the middle of, or towards the end of a sermon Jesus is preaching. So we're just getting the tail end of a sermon in John 6, 53. I'm going to read a few verses. I'm going to read it out of the NIV. And Jesus said to the multitude, the, lots of people followed him and he's listening, Very, uh, for truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up in the last day. For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. And just as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. And this is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness and died. Talking about the incense with the children of Israel, Moses. But whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. And he said this, the Bible says, while he was in the synagogue. And the Bible says in verse 60 of John chapter 6, On hearing it, many of his disciples said, This is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Who can listen to it? 
Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for your word today. Thank you for this opportunity that we can come together as believers in Jesus Christ and encourage each other to do the work of the ministry. Encourage each other, amen, that we can go back into our lives and our, and our culture and society, Lord, and we can live our faith out loud, that we can be strengthened in what we go through, and that, Lord, that we can encourage one another and build one another up today. I pray, Lord, that your spirit will build us up, that you, Lord, Amen. We'll impart faith to us, Lord, and speak to our hearts today through your word. Not because of me, but in spite of me, Lord. I pray that we would be stronger than when we, before we came in here, Lord, in our faith in you, Lord. That our foundation will be strong. That nothing will shake us in this day and in this hour. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. I, I honestly believe that Jesus wants you to not just to associate with him, but to follow him. I believe that Jesus wants us to look to Him, not just look to Him to, to provide for us, but to be the source of our life. And I also believe that Jesus does, doesn't want you to, to look to Him as, as to have a good life, but He wants you to have eternal life. I believe that this is the hour and this is the day that we need to commit our life to eternal life. That we really need to come to the Lord sincerely and say, God, I'm not looking for you to use you, to, for you to do something nice for me, but I'm here to serve you, and I'm here for a life commitment, and I'm here for the right reason. How many can say that, amen, if we come to the Lord for the right reason, He'll begin to hear our prayers and we'll begin to live for Him. And I believe that He doesn't want, want us to uh, provide for us. I, I think that He wants to, but I believe that He wants us to, be, to find that He is the source of our lives. And I also believe that we shouldn't wait for a sign to trust in, that we should put our trust in a person. Jesus began to teach these things, and one of the things that we understand is that he really dressed the crowd here, that he wanted them to commit their life to eternal life. You see, Jesus will never be anything I want him to be. He will always be who he is. And I put my trust in that. Come on, somebody. He'll never be a God that I can form to my own image to my own uh, perception he'll never be a God that I can manage he'll always be God by himself and I have to put my trust in him I've got to put my faith in him and I don't know about you but I see a lot of Christians today in their commitment to the Lord is waning I see that this has tested their commitment this time that we've been in has really tested their commitment to God and really tested their faith and some people have actually walked away from the things of God because maybe they were looking to the Lord for provision. They were looking to the Lord for a handout. They were looking to the, Jesus to meet every need and to meet them uh, at their time of emergency. And when Jesus didn't do that, they said, I can't handle this any longer. And they walked away. And I think that we have commitment issues today. I don't know about you, but we have commitment issues in our families, in our marriages, in our children. We've got some commitment issues with our jobs and our our careers, we've got some commitment issues. But Jesus challenges us always to be committed to eternal life. That once we said, Lord, I'm going to serve you, I'm going to follow you, that it was for the right reason. Can anybody say amen? That Jesus wants us to follow him for the right reason. Is that right? And so Jesus is preaching here to people and he turns around and he begins to speak to them. And they said, this is a harsh saying. This is a hard saying who can understand it? Verse 65 says that many of his disciples turned and walked away and didn't walk with him from that day on. This was a hard saying. Who can hear what Jesus is saying? So let me give you the backstory of this. You've got to understand 
the backstory before we move forward on this one is that, okay, so Jesus was uh, in a wilderness place, in a desert place. Many people came out to hear him. And the Bible says that he met their need. He fed them lunch. He fed everybody for free. Everybody ate for free. We all love that. Christians love free stuff. And so we, we you know, people ate and, and they loved it. And, and the Bible says there was all this food left over. We all like leftovers. And, and so, you know, it was all this stuff and this miracle happened and they were you know, just excited about listening to Jesus because then they got a free meal. And so the two hours of sitting in the hot sun was worth it because we've got, you know, fish and chips out of it. We got, you know, uh, cheesesteaks out of it. Whatever you want to use your imagination uh, there. The Bible says they had fish and bread. I'd like to think that it was more than that. But anyways, so, you know, they said, yeah, we got these miracles. So then the next day, the Bible says that Jesus went across. He got into a boat. The disciples got into a boat. Jesus walked on water, met him, and got in the boat, met him. They went to the other side, and then uh, people were looking for Jesus the next day. They said, well, he's not here. You know, where is he? He must have left. He must have deserted us. We don't know where he went. When they found out where Jesus went, every, the Bible says they all got in boats, and they took the, the you know, the, the city transit boat there and, that they had in Capernaum, and they all went across the water to look for Jesus, and when they found Jesus, Jesus turned to him and he said, you didn't even come for miracles, you came for a free lunch. He said, I know you. He said, you came and, and because I fed you, he said, you don't even believe in me. You just came for a free meal. And uh, Jesus saw their heart and he saw the priorities in their life and he began to address them. And he began to talk to them and began to challenge them. And one of the things he said, just like Moses, you're looking for a sign. You want me to perform a sign for you. You're looking for a sign, but you don't believe in me. You're searching for a sign from Jesus to really prove himself that he is the Messiah. See, Jesus was talking to a generation that were brought up and they were conditioned to look for a sign. They were not looking for a person. Because when Jesus showed up, they missed who he was. And even in this account, you'll read, they said, is this not a carpenter's son? Joseph, the carpenter's son, we know who this guy is. We're looking for a sign. We want a, more to eat. We want you to do a miracle for us. And Jesus said, well, just like Moses provided manna in the wilderness, he said, you're looking for that kind of sign. He said, listen, the sign is right in front of you. Jesus said that I'm right in front of you. The sign that you're searching for, amen, the, the priorities that you should have in your life is right in front of you. But you're looking at what you should eat. And you're looking at the temporary things. And you're looking at the things that can satisfy you right now. You're not looking at eternal life. You're not looking at the things that I'm offering. You're looking at the, what the world has to give you. The temporary things. And I believe that the hard sayings of Jesus will always be difficult to receive. As long as you're looking to God for temporary use. As long as you're looking to God to just meet an immediate need and just get your emergency and, and well, I, I'm sick now and I need Jesus to heal me. I, I, I'm, uh, you know, this and that. And, and as long as you're looking to use God for a temporary use, you'll always feel that the sayings of Jesus are harsh. The sayings of Jesus are not harsh to those that believe, but they're harsh to those that don't believe who are looking to Jesus for a free meal, for a handout. They're looking to Jesus for a sign. They want a miracle. And they won't commit their life until they get one. But how many know the Bible says that Jesus said, a sign's already been given. The Son of God has already come. You know, a lot of people in church are looking for a sign still. They're still waiting for revival. They're still waiting for a move of God. They're still waiting for something amazing to happen. But how many know something amazing already happened 2,000 years ago? Jesus Christ, the revivalist, came and revival came to humankind. Amen. 
We're constantly looking for the next best thing. We're constantly looking. And Jesus says he wasn't challenging them on what they believed. He was challenging their priorities in life. And he began to address them and he began to uh, talk to them and he began to challenge them. And he said, look, you're, you're looking for a, a works for me to do. You're looking for a sign. You want me to be Moses and I'm not Moses. I'm Jesus. I'm more than Moses. I'm Jesus. And so, you know, they just wanted something. And, and really what it was is they wanted, they were saying to Jesus, do something for us so we never have to do anything for ourselves. Do something for us so we won't have to do anything for God. And, and all of a sudden they found that Jesus began to talk to them and found out that there were some requirements that they had to do. And they didn't like it. And they said, this is a harsh saying. We, we didn't think that we had to do anything. We just thought we were going to get a free meal. We just thought we were going to get a handout. We were just looking for a sign. We just wanted somebody to just kind of uh, give us a show and put on, entertain us and put on a show for us. We just wanted a form of religion. We didn't want godliness. How many know the Bible says in the last day there's going to be people that have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof? They want the show of church. They want the presentation of church. But they don't want the God of the church. Right? And so Jesus challenges them and he said, look, you, you, you want life, but you don't want the source of life. You want a, an association with me, but you don't want to follow me. You want me to provide for you, but you don't want me to be the, uh, the only source of your life. And I believe that Jesus is calling this generation to commit their life to eternal life. Commit their whole life to Jesus, not just Sunday mornings, not just when they're in trouble, not just when there's coronavirus on the, on the you know, doorstep of their house, but they need to commit their life to Jesus Christ every day. How many know, I believe, I personally believe that the reason that people won't commit themselves to marriage is they won't commit themselves to Jesus. If you don't commit yourself to something, amen, you won't commit yourself to anything. And so I believe that we have these committal problems, and this is what Jesus was addressing with them. But I thank the Lord that Jesus comes as provision. He comes as the source. He comes as the hope, the only hope. He comes as eternal life, and He provides for us eternal life. Aren't you glad for that? Amen. So they couldn't make the connection of Jesus coming from heaven as the Savior. They couldn't make the connection that Jesus wanted them to receive a little bit more than just free bread. They couldn't make that connection. And so Jesus said, wait a second. Let me explain something to you. He said, unless you believe in me, you cannot have life. Unless you receive me as Savior, you'll never have the true bread of life. You'll never begin to experience life and life more abundantly. And then Jesus in this discourse says this. He said that I was the bread back then. I am the living bread and I will be the bread. Amen. And I believe that when we talk to people about the Lord, I believe we need to point them in the direction that Jesus is what they need. Not just some option that they can have. Or, well, church is, you know, just kind of a, you can go and you, if you don't like it, you can do this. You, you, we've got to present the gospel the way Jesus presented the gospel, that he's the only way. That he's the only truth. That he's the only life. Come on, somebody. Amen. And they need to commit their life to Jesus Christ. And so that's the backstory. We see that the spiritual eyes, their spiritual eyes was closed and they were shut and their hearts were not open to believe. And Jesus was trying to get their attention. And so what seemed harsh to them really was a way for Jesus to get through to them to help them. And so a lot of times I believe that when we think that the teachings of Jesus are harsh, it's just God's way of loving us to get through to us. He's just trying to get through to us. Come on. To help us. 
And so that, this, this is what we see. And so Jesus' sermon, as we follow the sermon, you'll see that Jesus taught a couple things. He taught that Jesus makes people alive as the only source of life. That was the first thing. The second thing, he taught that, that Jesus gives us life and we'll live in him and he'll live in us. He said, just like you'll eat natural bread and it digests, it becomes a part of you, so I want to become a part of your life. So I want you to become a part of me. And this is what people had a hard time with. They had a hard time with this. Why would they have a hard time with this? They just couldn't receive this. And the third thing that Jesus preached about, he said that I give eternal life. Jesus turned and he said, you have no life in you. You have no, you have no existence without me. Without me, you're nothing. You have no life. I'm here to let you know that I am the life that you've been searching for. I'm the existence. I'm the source that you need. And so he began to preach a, a kind of what we would consider a strange message. And for some of you, when I read, unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you got a little creeped out right there. Well, they certainly got creeped out because when, they, when he, he said it three times. Okay, the first time I can understand, he's speaking in metaphors, a little picture there. Then he said it again, then he said it again. And he's like, is this guy talking about cannibalism or what's going on here? This guy's a little off. This guy's a little off. So, you know, they, they began to kind of, it started to mess with them because, because back then, of course, Jews, Jesus knew that a Jew was not allowed to eat the flesh. He was not even to drink blood of, of animals. And so for them, this was a, this was a complete no-no. Uh, I mean, you didn't talk like this. You didn't tell people to eat flesh. You didn't tell people to drink blood. But Jesus was saying, I'm telling you something that you can't understand, but if you listen to me long enough, you'll get it. That if you eat of my flesh, what was he talking about? If you repent of your sins and believe me, you'll have eternal life. If you drink my blood, if you believe that I'm your Savior and, and follow me as Lord and Savior, you will have eternal life. That's what Jesus was saying. Jesus was saying if you repent and believe, you'll receive. How many know we need to have that message today? We don't need to have a message of, hey, if you just like God like you like all the other religions, you'll be, you'll be good with God. You'll have a great life. God wants to give you a, uh, make you a better you. How many know that's not the message of the gospel? The message of the gospel is come as you are so Jesus can turn you into something, amen, new, amen. That he can take your sin and give you salvation. That he can take your unrighteousness and give you righteousness, amen. Jesus simply wants to take your hunger for the things that you're looking for, your desires, and he wants to fulfill those desires but in a different way than what you thought. He wants to give you eternal life. And so this is what Jesus was talking about. And the manna that he talked about. Certainly they understood what the manna was about. It was about provision and nourishment and the source of life. And Jesus said, I am that bread that came down from heaven. I mean, how many times does Jesus have to speak to people before they get it? Some of you are a testimony that Jesus had to speak a thousand times, right? I mean, come on. He had to speak a bunch of times to you how much he loved you before you actually understood it and got it. And could comprehend, okay, I can come to God the way I am. Amen. He had to tell you over and over and over again, I love you, I'm calling you. Get in church. Amen. How many people have had that testimony that, man, you heard a thousand messages before you got saved? I mean, that's, that's just the way it was. And so Jesus is this way. He's just that patient. He's trying to break it down. He's trying to explain to them. And here was their response to what Jesus was saying. This is a hard teaching. Who can understand it or who can accept it? Now, it's not that they couldn't understand it because Jesus said, my flesh is spiritual food. 
He said, my body is and my blood is spiritual drink. So it wasn't so much that they couldn't understand it as much as they didn't want to accept it. So this is a hard saying, who can accept it? This is a tough teaching, too tough to swallow. Another translation says that this is a hard to accept. Who wants to listen to this anymore? I can't handle this anymore. This is a difficult and harsh and offensive statement. Who can accept to listen to it? Who can stand to listen to this teaching anymore? That's what they were saying. It wasn't so much that they were like, uh, this guy's off. Like, I can't get this metaphor. He's a little artsy for me. He's losing me. No, that's not what they were saying. They was like, this is too tough to hear. This is what we're going here today. The word hard, when they said this is a hard saying, means that this is offensive, this is disagreeable. I don't agree with this. I can't accept this. I can't bear this. I don't want to hear this, is what they were saying. Who can submit to this kind of teaching, is what they were saying. It wasn't so much that this guy was talking in weird metaphors that it's like, this guy's losing me. No, because Jesus had taught them the day before for hours and hours and hours. And so apparently they kind of liked what he had to say because they stuck around, right? So it wasn't that he was teaching something off the wall and weird. It was what he was saying they didn't like. Who can accept it? Who can receive it? And I'm going to tell you something. We're living in a generation that does not want to hear about commitment to Jesus. They want to hear about a faithful lifestyle. A lifestyle that you can't just do what you want to do. God isn't a manageable God for you. you got to go His way and follow His teachings. How many know that's a little tough to swallow? And it's a hard saying to those who the Bible says do not believe. It's a tough thing to hear. It's a, it's a harsh saying to people that only want to use God in a temporary use. In emergency situations. For the moment. For the time being. They only want to get religious. When, when you know, at, uh, in 2001 we saw an influx of people in the church around September 2001. How many remember that? Churches were full, but two months later, they were back to the normal attendance. Because it's just temporary. It was just, we feel fear. We feel, we're scared. We, we need to get religious here. But how many know Jesus calls men way beyond that? He says, I want you to come out of that temporary religion, and I want you to receive me. Receive eternal life. And that's what Jesus says. And they said, this is a hard saying. This is difficult. This is problematic for me. I can't do this. This is a problem. I, I, I liked it when you were talking about, you know, let's, you know, the city on a hill thing. That was awesome. I liked it when you were talking about all the old th- other things and about your birth. That was awesome. I kind of like your mom, Mary. She seems like a cool woman. When you were talking about her, I liked it. But when you went here, I can't accept this. All of a sudden, you're, you're making a problem for me, Jesus, because now you're starting to get into my priorities. You're starting to mess with my heart now. And I can't listen to this anymore. I don't want to hear what you're talking to because it's talking to me personally. You're not just talking to me about religion. You're talking about a relationship. Now I've got to commit myself to somebody. Now I've got to lay my life down. I've got to love somebody more than I love myself. Now I need to not just seek provision. Now I need to come to the source. Now, Lord, I can't use you anymore. This is a problem for me. This is hard for me. I I don't 
I don't think I can do this anymore. I, I, I just thought that I could just show up in church. I, I didn't think that you were calling for a daily commitment from me. I didn't expect me, my life to be committed fully to you. I just expected that I'd get a ticket to heaven and I'm good to go. And anytime I needed you, you would show up and do what I wanted you to do for me. And so people like that, they're the ones that, I've seen it and I've, uh, uh, over and over again, they're the people who, who get hurt easily because, well, Jesus, you know, I, I, I fell into an addiction and I called out for you and you didn't heal me from that. I just kept being addicted and falling and falling and you never rescued me and so I don't need you anymore. You're a problem for me. When my child got sick, I asked you and I asked you and I asked you to heal. I asked you to heal them. I went to church, but... You just didn't do it. You just didn't come through to me, for me. You're, that's a problem. You're a problem. Now you're asking me to follow you when I have a good job and I've got this and I've got that. I just don't think I can do it. I've got commitment issues, Lord. And so the real question is, the real question is, what was so hard about what Jesus was saying? What's so hard about Jesus saying that he's a source of life? What's so difficult about him saying, I mean... I'll give you eternal life. What's so hard about hearing that from somebody, you know, from Jesus? Think about it. What is so hard about this saying? I used to think that the hard sayings of Jesus were, you know, you're going to hell, I'm going to judge you. No, the hard saying, what was so difficult about this? I mean, the guy just paid your lunch. What's so hard about him saying, I have eternal life? What was so hard about it? It was because all of a sudden they realized their spiritual condition. That I, I'm in need, and I need Jesus, and I need something, and I'm not ready to give it up. And so I believe that because they were looking for a sign, because they wanted a handout, because they wouldn't commit to eternal life, they had a problem with this. This was so difficult for them to hear. This was so hard for them to hear that Jesus was the bread of life when they were searching and putting their effort into the natural things. They were working to become rich and have the biggest house in town and drive the, the best car. And they were working so hard for the natural things. And yet Jesus said, that's not what it's about. That was hard for them to hear that. It was difficult for them to hear, you got to sell everything and come and follow me. It was difficult for them to hear that you can't just hate people and, and be prejudiced. That you had to love people more than you love yourself. That's very hard for them to hear. It's hard to hear that they couldn't be racist and they couldn't do this and they couldn't hate people and they couldn't just act any old way and say any old, any old thing. They had to follow Jesus. That was a problem because they were looking at, for a handout. How many Christians today, they just want a free lunch. They just want blessing. They just want, the, they just want that's all I want. Just give me the blessing. I don't want to discipline myself. I don't want to have to, to, to live without sin. I don't want to have to, to cut away anything out of my life. I don't want to have to sacrifice anything. I don't want to have to go beyond myself to give the poor. I don't want to do that. I just want the blessings. I mean, I mean, no, that's a problem, isn't it? See, they would rather see a show than commit to a person. They wanted just a performance of religion instead of a person. Of relationship, and that was about. And it's really quiet in here, but that's okay. And I, I believe that the sayings of Jesus really do, they become hard to hear if the only thing you want from God is temporary. If all you're looking for is a way out, if all you want is just a, an easy pass, and all you want is just a, 
Just, okay, just, just, just get me out of this and, and then I'll be good. I'll, I'll just be good. Just heal my body and then we're good to go. Just get me out of this problem and then, and then I'm okay. No, if that's all you want, then what Jesus really requires will be difficult for you to hear. Because Jesus began to address these things and he began to talk to these people and their whole life was about looking for the sign, not a person. And, and even at the cross, people said to Jesus, show us a sign. They just didn't get it. Just didn't get it. They wanted a sign from Jesus. And, and it's like, you know, they just want the Lord to prove themselves. And they want Christians to prove themselves. Prove to me that the Bible's real. Prove to me that Jesus exists. Prove to me that your religion is really worth giving my life for. And how many know you just can't do that? You're just going to have to say, you know, you're just going to have to find God for yourself. You're just going to have to find out who Jesus is. I can't do that for you. You're just going to have to find out who Jesus is for yourself. What offended them more? What offended these people more? Was it the thought of cannibalism? Or was it the thought, the idea of, of an exclusive relationship and a lifestyle change? What was the thing that offended them? It was a lifestyle change. Because I don't want to change my lifestyle. A few years ago, my wife and I were in New York City and having a dinner at this one restaurant with some friends. And they were getting ready to go to the airport. And so we just had dinner with them quick. And our waiter, we began to talk to our waiter about the Lord and here to come find out he used to be a Christian, and he said, I'm going to get back into church. I really do, but, you know, the thing I really struggle with with Christianity is, is holiness part. I really can't get past that. I'm not ready to live that kind of life. How many know this is the kind of person he was going to, this is the kind of person we find right here. That's too hard for me. I can't do that. I want to live my life right now. I want to have fun. I want to sleep with as many people. I, wanna, I just want to live the good life. I'm not ready to commit my life. To eternal life. But how many know we need to call people to this kind of life? Amen? We need to call people to this kind of life. You know, Jesus wasn't concerned about revealing their actions. It wasn't about, man, you guys are wrong. And you, No, it wasn't about that. It was about, this is what Jesus was concerned about. He was concerned about their priorities. They were searching for this immediate, this temporal, this sensation of religion. And he wanted them to find a relationship. See what I'm saying? And so we've got to address people and their need for religion. A lot of people do get religious and they have this, especially around Christmas or Easter or a disaster, or they, get, they get religious and, and you'll find people now that are more open. I've heard people say, people are more open. I believe that. People are more open. But how many know people are really open for religion, but we want to find the people that are open for relationship. That's what we're seeking after. We're looking for people that want a relationship with Jesus. Are you ready to walk with Jesus? Are you ready for Him to be Lord of your life? Are you ready for Him to, to take everything and give it to the poor and do this and do that and change your lifestyle? How many know those are the kind of people, as the Bible says in verse 66, I believe it is, it says that the Spirit is drawing men. Jesus said that no man comes to the Father except the Spirit draw them. I, I, I do believe that people are being drawn by the Lord. But how many know it's only when they hear the word of God that they're being drawn by God's spirit? How can God draw people unless they hear his word? How many know the spirit and the word agree? When you tell people about Jesus, when you talk to people and you say that Jesus is love and Jesus loves you and Je Jesus is concerned but you've got to repent of your sins and give your life to Jesus then all of a sudden something begins to draw them something begins to work on them something begins they just heard something they've never heard before and it isn't just information it's spiritual 
all of a sudden something didn't go in their ears, it went into their heart. It went, it hit them right in the spirit. Like, what? What? And all of a sudden, how many know, and maybe that's your testimony, somebody who talked to you about the Lord, and then all of a sudden for the next few days, all you did is thought about that. You thought about that. You thought about that. You thought about that. Why? Because something spiritual was going on. The Spirit of God was dealing with you, drawing you to come to Jesus, to, to find Jesus Christ, to repent of your sins. And so that's why as a church, just like Jesus, we've got to be faithful to say things maybe that people don't want to hear. Amen? I'm almost done. You can say amen anyways. But we got to be able to say, look, look, look. And listen, Jesus didn't do this in a nasty tone. He didn't just call fire down from heaven and say, all you guys are going to burn in hell. No, Jesus said, look, I see your heart now. You, 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 were, you know, I, I thought you were listening to the message and I fed you. Now I realize that you were just after food. And all of a sudden their heart was revealed and some of you work with people or you, you know, got in a conversation with them and all of a sudden you revealed, their heart was revealed. You saw their motives, you saw their intentions, you saw their heart. And how many know all of a sudden you began to speak to that? And that's what Jesus did, he began to speak to that. And when you speak to that, something begins to happen in their life. And so I'm praying for you and I'm praying for opportunities for you this week that God will lead you to these kind of people that they, they're following maybe a religion. Maybe they're feeling afraid and they're seeking and searching for something. They're looking for a sign. But God wants you to be faithful to point them to eternal life. Point them to Jesus. Point them to the source of life. Not just something temporary. Hey, I bet you if you go to church you'll feel better next week. No, point them to Jesus Christ has something lasting for you. There is a love that he loves you with. That once you experience this you'll never ever go back to drugs. You'll never go back to anything else that you've ever known before because of the love of God. Jesus wants you to do this. He was revealing to people what to focus on. He was revealing to them what to prioritize in the life. He wants to be exclusive. He wants to be the only way. He wants to be the only love in people's lives. He wants people to be sold out and, and for Jesus to be exclusive, not inclusive. Can you say amen? Amen. And so he had this, this opportunity to speak to them. And many are like this and they want to follow Jesus, but Jesus begins to speak to them in different ways. And so as I begin to close here, I just want to share with you that some people will feel this way. They'll feel that I can't follow Jesus beyond this point. They'll say that I, I can't receive that part of him. I love the birth. I like you know, the manger scene. I, I even accept the Easter part. But I can't receive the part that he wants me to give my life to him. You know what you do in that moment, you with these people, and just as Jesus did? You know, you don't, you don't go around kicking them out. Well, get out of here. You don't deserve it anyways. You know what you do? You let them go. You let them walk. You let them just, God, deal with them. And then you pray like everything. Lord, I pray that you would deal with this area right here. Because now I understand where they have a hard time with you. Now I can pray for them in a very direct way. And now I can speak to them in a very healing way. Amen. And so a lot of people do have that. And I believe that human nature wants a God that is manageable. They want a God that's convenient, that stands at an arm's length, that is only provoked in need. We want to use God for external circumstances, not for personal change. But I also believe that the Bible is, uh, teaches us that really that Jesus Christ is the only source of life. Can you say amen? Amen. And he wants us to be fully committed. 
and fully persuaded, as Paul said. That I am fully convinced, I am fully persuaded that he that I began to believe in from the beginning is true. As John said in his gospel, he that we handled, we touched him, he is the word of life. This is the truth. Amen. So today this question comes as Jesus turned to the disciples in verse 67 and he said, do you want to leave too? Jesus turned to his disciples and he said, now some people said he gave them a chance to be loyal. He gave them a chance, he tested their faith. Maybe so. But I think when Jesus turned to them and he said, will you go also? This is what happened. Their strength, their faith was strengthened. There was something that was confirmed in them. The revelation of Jesus was confirmed that now I know, as Peter said, as assuredly, now you just convinced me, Jesus. I believed before, but now I believe it even more that you are the son of God. I believe that these times that when you began to preach to people and you began to tell your testimony and began to share the gospel. And listen, Jesus doesn't say, oh, are you going you gonna to leave too? No, what he does is he begins to strengthen your heart. Your faith gets strengthened that he is the Christ. This is the way. Amen. Come on, the more you preach Jesus, the less you begin to question Jesus. The less you preach about Jesus, the more you begin to question about Jesus. But when we begin to preach about Him, and we begin to talk about Him, and tell other people about what He offers, come on, and who He is, our, strength is, our faith is strengthened. Our confidence is, 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 is just emboldened. We say, I know that you are the Christ now. And He turned to Peter, and Peter's response says, where else am I going to go? Where else can I go, Lord? Where else? I found you. I'm not, I'm not leaving you. How many can hand, uh, just lift your hand to heaven and just say, I found, I found life today. I found the answer. There's no other answer for me. There's no other option for me. I don't have door A, A and B anymore. I threw those doors out. Amen. Uh, there's only one way for me. And when I'm in trouble, there's only one option. Come on, somebody. Amen. I don't have five other options. I don't have other three other directions I go. When I'm in trouble, there's only one, where, one place I go. That when I'm, when I'm confused, when I'm frustrated, when I'm in fear, when that grips my heart, there's only one source that I turn to, and that is Jesus Christ. I've committed my life to eternal life. And that's what Jesus is asking today. Maybe you're listening online, or I don't know at what point in your life you're listening this to, but maybe you are of the, like that prodigal son that we were singing about earlier. Maybe you were away from the Father's house. Maybe you were away from the Father's arms and the, and the love of God. Maybe you have been running from God and you said, you know, I can do this on my own. I really don't need God. I, I don't need. And maybe you came to a place that you were in church, but there was something at some point in your life, it became a hard, it became problematic, it became difficult for you to continue on with Jesus Christ. Today I want to challenge you, think again about it. Consider it again. Consider following Jesus again today. Because let me tell you something, what Jesus offers, He's not here to take away your Friday nights and your Saturday evening. He's here to give you life and life more abundantly. Jesus adds to your life. I mean, He gives you everything that you're looking for. It's in Jesus Christ. Stop following the crowd that just wants to follow after money and fame and temporary things, but follow after Jesus who gives eternal life. Amen? Amen. Can we stand on our feet today? You know, the difference between the crowd and the disciples was the disciples had already received Jesus. They already received Jesus as Lord. They already found Jesus to be the source of eternal life. They already said, Jesus, I'll follow you. And so when Jesus turned to them, it wasn't 
that, and I, I believe that Jesus was ready for them to walk too, maybe. I don't think Jesus needed anybody to, to give him confidence that he was a son of God. I don't believe Jesus needed the disciples, but he wanted them. And he wanted their faith, and he wanted, he wanted to strengthen their faith, and he said, look, are you going to go too? Meaning that, look, I'm giving you an opportunity to walk away. And I don't know about you, but how many times, every time you fall into a problem, you have an opportunity to walk away. But because we've seen Jesus, and because we've known Jesus, because he's revealed himself to us, every time we get into a situation as a Christian, we say, Lord, I'm only getting deeper. I'm only getting stronger. My love's only getting stronger for you. I'm only, I'm, only getting, I'm only holding on more to you. Come on, somebody. And in this day, in this hour where we're at, in our generation, in our day, I believe that Christians should be getting stronger in their faith, not, not asking and questioning more and getting less committed to the Lord. I believe that we need to become more committed to the things of God. How many agree with that? How many believe that in these times of uncertainty we need to become stronger in our faith and more, more convinced than ever that Jesus is the way? More convinced than ever that Jesus is coming back. More convinced than ever that His kingdom is coming. And Jesus is coming. We're coming back. And come on, amen? And so because of that, because of that, that's why you'll read in the next few chapters after that, you'll see the disciples preached more than they ever did before. Because they were more convinced then than they ever were before that Jesus is the Son of God. Their testimony only got stronger. Their life only got stronger. Their witness only became more powerful after this account. And so today I want you to be encouraged and strengthen the Lord. Find somebody who's looking for a relationship. Find somebody who's looking for depth and truth. Look, find somebody in life who's searching for an answer, searching for a sign, and then point them to Jesus Christ. Can we just lift our hands today and maybe there's somebody on your mind right now. I want you to think about those people, that person. Maybe it's in your family, maybe it's a neighbor, a coworker who's searching for a sign. They're searching for a sign. Don't get frustrated at them. Don't, don't just write them off. Amen. But let them know about the eternal life, the source of life. Talk to them about, amen, Jesus, the spiritual food, the spiritual drink that he offers. Talk, talk to them about receiving Jesus and believing in him more than you ever have before. Lord, we just lift up those that, Lord, that do not know you. And maybe they are in church. Maybe they've gone to church. Maybe they have a form of godliness. Maybe they have a form of religion. We're not writing them off today. Lord, we're lifting them up before you today. We're saying, Lord, that they would face eternal life. That, that Lord, that they would face, Lord, the reality of their priorities. That, Lord, you would Lord, bring them into a situation that they would begin to think, am I just living for the now or am I living for eternity? Lord, I pray that reality would hit them and the reality of eternal life and the life after death would hit them so hard, Lord, that they'll be able to say, I want to receive Jesus Christ fully. I fully commit my life to Him. I fully commit my ways to Him. And my, my everything about me, Lord, I commit. So this is the kind of uh, uh, people we're looking for this week. We're searching for those who are looking for a sign. We're searching for those who are looking for an answer. We're look, searching for those who need, Lord, something more than just the temporary. They've got to have the eternal. And so, Lord, help us as believers to deliver, Lord, as the goods, as it were, the gospel in Jesus' name. We thank you. We give all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen.